0: So if I told you there was a device that if you pointed it in a specific location, then you would be able to look into the past of what occurred within that specific spot in which you're directing this device at. You would probably say I'm crazy and you're probably thinking I'm crazy right now. But as I will explain to you, science can in fact improve improve all of this. And not only that... But this is something that, has, that is nothing new by any means. This is something that was actually developed in the 1970s. So let's get right into it. So a top secret U.S. military device created in the 1970s was able to observe what happened at any time in the past within a specific location. This has been a claim made by a major American ufologist who has briefed U.S. presidents, congressmen, congresswomen, and secretaries of state on the UFO and E.T. phenomenon. So founder of the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, Dr. Stephen Greer. And if you look up Stephen Greer's name, you'll notice he's very similar to that of Bob Lazar in the sense that everything that he has said, where he sounded crazy in the past, is now all coming to light. So, Stephen Greer described a strange mechanism that was developed at the U.S. Secret Weapons Laboratory at White Oaks in Maryland. During his research, he described how a military advisor for the U.S. Navy informed him of a device that could extract information within a specific location from a century ago or even up to a thousand years ago. So, in the old days, there was a naval facility at White Oaks outside of Washington, D.C. In that facility, there was an electronic device that could extract from any point in space something that had happened in the past within that particular location. They called it the white noise of space-time. So the UFO researcher explained, Stephen Greer, this time-traveling project was developed back in the 70s and that this was all created and curated back in that time, right? Which kind of makes you think what they have now. But anyways, he described it as an electronic system that uses quantum entanglement in order to curate and sort of dictate to that particular field in which the device is pointed in all of the events in which occurred in the past, say, 1,000 years, roughly, right? So Dr. Stephen Greer is one of the world's leading authorities on extraterrestrials and so far he's been proven right in every single thing that he said even if you watch the documentary Unacknowledged on Netflix you'll know that what he's saying is just as as each year goes by it's being proven he's being proven correct more and more and more so quantum entanglement describes how two particles that are separated by vast distances in space or time can be linked and how their movements mysteriously correlate is something that the US military has actually figured out. So these are, according to Stephen Greer, highly compartmentalized projects that have not been revealed to even certain members of the UK government. So not only does this use quantum entanglement, but Stephen Greer also claims that these machines tap into what mystics used to call the Akashic Record, Right, so the question then becomes, What are Akashic records? Some of you watching or listening may actually know what it is. The Akashic record is described as the storage place for all human events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent that have ever occurred in the past, present, or future. It is a sort of non physical realm, but more so a conscious, a stream of consciousness or mental realm, if you will, in which is sort of like a, a book, if you will, except not physically. It records everything that has occurred within that particular place and time, right? And this is something that's that's nothing new. I mean, I do want to describe it and explain it for the people that aren't have not heard about it, but it's something that's been around for a very long time that a lot of people have come to accept. I mean, you can have your own personal Akashic records done. It's been... Studied by many religions and other spiritual exercises and, and groups that, if someone a psychic or a medium reads your akashic records, you could see they could see into your past lives and multiple forms of your past lives and things like that. So, the only thing is though is that there is no scientific evidence to prove the existence of this so-called or, or of all of these so-called akashic records, if you will, because it's not just in one place or in one person it makes up a lot of the the, the world around us, if not every single part of the the planet and the rest of space, really. So Dr. Stephen Greer said, and I quote, this record, this Akashic record, is stored within interdimensional space and there are interfaces, such as the one developed at White Oaks in Maryland that can interface with this particular realm. It now turns out that there are actually electronic systems that can access the Akashic record. This means that accessing every single thing that has happened within a precise location, right? And so, he when he was interviewing the whistleblowers about this, one of the whistleblowers said, a member of my team was in the Maryland base in the 1970s and witnessed this electronic device that would extract information of any volume from any point in space. So. Let me just also know that Dr. Greer is an explorer of the science of what he deems to be consciousness or conscious technologies, right? And a new research and development frontier has actually recently come out that sort of combines metaphysics with quantum mechanics. And again, we all we all know that in science you don't have to understand science entirely to know that quantum mechanics sort of comes to at a crossroads with other divisions of science, particularly within the STEM community, because not everything makes sense. And this might actually be filling the hole. These Akashic records may in fact be filling the gap for what could actually sort of make sense, if you will. So, Stephen Greer describes this as the development of how electronic systems are interfacing with the quanta of thought. Right? And so, he actually references Elon Musk's Neuralink project as a prime example or a stepping stone example of this. And as a quick side note, it's funny that he mentions this because there's always been something with regards to Neuralink that really has me thinking, and not necessarily in a bad way, but it really makes me think, through the use of electrical pulses and signals, if Neuralink can do what Elon Musk is saying that he plans to have it to be able to to successfully do within the next five to ten years or so, which is cure a lot of uh, people who are paralyzed. They won't need robotic limbs because Neuralink will then send an electrical impulse to the part of the paralyzed muscle in which will make it move and all that. Then It really makes you think that there's more to it, to Neuralink, I would imagine, than just being able to help people who are paralyzed, which is fantastic, but there's much more to it than that. And, and it makes you think that science is only scratching the surface of what human beings understand to be at this point in time what we call other dimensional realms and interdimensional technologies and things like that, right? So the neural technology that the Neuralink company and Elon Musk are progressing with will ultimately allow a low latency broadband link where thoughts are able to control electrical devices. But with the development of artificial intelligence, there is the risk of the reverse, of course, where machines begin to control human thoughts. I mean, that, that's another controversial thing about the, the Neuralink, which is that it can be very well argued that for all of its benefits, the big downside to this is that it could be hacked as well, right? So, the American ufologist Stephen Greer believes that advanced civilizations from beyond our solar system are using consciousness technologies that use the properties of quantum mechanics to travel to and appear on the Earth, right, using time travel through quantum entanglement. He cites these technologies as explanations for UFO sightings and other paranormal events such as apparitions and alien contact, right? And this also can be seen in the recent documentary about his work called "Work Called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, Contact Has Begun. So... One thing I want to note very quickly before I go on as well is that when it comes to the paranormal, and I want to make this very clear because I feel like I haven't in the past, with respects to the paranormal realm, if you will, I think there's a lack of understanding that people who believe in the paranormal realm or dimension or portal, if you will, I feel like for those that believe in the paranormal but are still skeptical about extraterrestrials and and, and UFOs and consciousness and what have you, that's fine. And you don't have to take my word for it because I'm by no means an expert. But I am here to say that I would dare to conclude that because everything in this world is energy, right, a lot of it is one in the same. A lot of these telepathic communications that people claim to have experienced over and over when they get abducted by ETs and UFOs The way in which these extraterrestrials communicate with these people, even if they're not abducted, even if they're people who claim to, whistleblowers who claim to have met these ETs, claim that communication is most of the time, most, sometimes it's physically, it's verbal, but claim for it to be, I would say, 70 to 80% of the time mental, right? And there seems to be a connection between the way in which extraterrestrials manifest their thoughts into the human consciousness, in certain cases according to many whistleblowers, as well as the way in which paranormal encounters occur. If a house is haunted and someone within this house, uh, they experience thoughts of suicide or, or, or depression when they, they normally never do unless they're in that house, Right? When things are being moved, it's again, I, I will do episodes on this down the road, but I feel like it's an entanglement of sorts or an interdimensional reach with the paranormal beings or the, the people who have not yet ascended, if you will, to higher vibrations who are still in a, a realm that is, I guess you could say, within generally the existence of this realm, the, this physical realm. However, slightly distant from it as well, which is why a lot of times, a lot of spirits seem to have difficulty interacting with physical objects, and if they're able to, it tends to drain a lot of energy out from them, right? Anyways, that's just something I wanted to mention, how all of it is one and the same, and I know that may be an oversimplification, but I just want to put that out there, because it may certainly be a connection that, that is vital, So, according to John Archibald Wheeler of Princeton University, the quantum mechanic laws state that atomic particles exist in in a state of constant possibility. For instance, these particles, they can be anywhere, everywhere or nowhere at all in both the dimensions of time and space. So what anchors them into position is the active thought of the observer, such as a scientist in in a laboratory. Right? So, Dr. Greer, who has briefed presidents and heads of state on the ET phenomenon, and this is all on record, by the way. This is not like he's claiming to have done it. This is all on, most of it's on record. Some of the more secretive ones, he, Dr. Greer won't even speak about. So, he suggests that mysterious properties associated with the quantum world can be used to allow beings to travel through time and space. He said that the mind itself is not limited to our cerebral core, or bodies, or space and time, right? So this kind of falls in line with that of the the CIA developing remote viewing, which I just did an episode on uh, a little last week in the 1970s, where the officers were able to see into the Soviet Union remotely, right? Whether that is through what they called remote viewing, which could very well have been the use of astral projection or the use of, Other techniques, which I think tend to be one in the same. Astral projection, lucid dreaming, things like that, right? And so they used consciousness as a spy craft and the results were quite successful. The intelligence community took this very, very seriously. And so neither time nor space limits awareness, right? And so it's also been said that this technology has been so compartmentalized that only a handful of officials within government know about this. Outside of the intelligence community, and even within the intelligence community, it is compartmentalized as well, right? So, again, when it's being called the the white noise of space time, I guess maybe they have a, a different, an official name for this device or whatever it, it would be called. But I'm sure it hasn't been made public for obvious reasons. I would think that when it comes down to it, this was something that was done back in the 70s. Now, yes, people have argued that the operations of remote viewing and astral projection and things like these devices were all sort of an intelligence psychological warfare method or a PSYOP in order to deceive the Russians or the Soviets at the time. But I don't think that was the case because when you look at it, this is a perfect scenario for declassified documents in which have been released on this topic in the last 10 to 20 years for people to call complete bullshit on which would fall in perfect line with what with the CIA's narrative of saying yeah we just kind of made this up to deceive the soviets right and maybe the soviets were able to do the same thing back to the to the US who knows right but i mean we have to take it with a little bit more of, of a grain of salt because when you look at a lot of these reports in which are coming out, slowly but surely, there seems to be an overall intertwinement and in connection with all of these different so-called projects. You look at medbeds, medbed technology that is slowly being filtered through into the public now, into the consumer and private sector. And then you look at people, whistleblowers from 10, 20 years ago who claim that they went through very advanced physical, spiritual... And mental internal and external age regression through these same med beds, right? So there seems to be something in in which everything is coming from. All of this information is being filtered through. Now, yes, it's been said that up to 40% of the information released by the CIA and the the rest of the intelligence community is disinformation in order to hide the real stuff with the BS, with the crap. Right? And also, I'm sure, in order to not just deceive the public and, and, and trick them, but in order to deceive other nations as well. right? So, I mean, when you have a device that allows you to see what happened an hour ago in the space that you were sitting in at that time, that is pretty freaking cool, an hour ago, never mind 10 years ago or 1,000 years ago. And one thing I'd like to also note as well, this falls directly in line with something called the chronovisor and the chronovisor is a device very similar to this in which the vatican invested ample amounts of money in which i did an episode on a little while ago vatican uh, hidden artifacts and the vatican invested loads of money into it i think it was in the the 50s i could be wrong they invested a boatload of money and then all of a sudden shut down the operation, and they didn't explain why they even funded this operation in the first place. Now, according to the Vatican, and uh, not the Vatican, sources within the Vatican who want to remain anonymous, the device was called the Chronovisor, where they were able to use this same type of technology to be able to witness the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and, and things like that. Now, whether there's some type of connection between this Vatican device and what the intelligence communities within the United States were up to and the U.S. military I'm not so sure right but it does make you think is there some type of is there some type of even loose connection right and so and then when you look at something like the Akashic Records when you think of a a medium or a psychic or someone who has the ability to sit down look you in the eye get to know you a little bit for 10-20 minutes and then Read your Akashic records authentically, right? With pure authenticity. When you look at that, and if you believe that, but then you don't believe that this device exists, all you have to do is think of this device being, you know, 50 or 100 times more powerful than that of the medium or psychic that is reading your personal Akashic records. Now, I'm not trying to insult those who have this ability. I'm just saying that this would be the ideal device, if you will, right? Right? So let me know what you guys think. This is certainly very interesting. If you're watching on YouTube, I will have the documents linked below in which disclose this. And it seems to be something, again, that goes right under our noses that no one seems to talk about. And again, whether it's a psyop or misinformation or it's real information, but knowingly it's meant to be put out there because people probably won't believe it, is something else for conversation entirely. So let me know what you guys think, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.